Research shows that changing one simple thing in how colleges teach science, technology, engineering, and math to minority students can get far better results. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is back with the story. Roy? Thanks again, Chris. Our guest is Professor Jason Wiles. He's an associate professor of biology at Syracuse University, and he led the study. So, Professor Wiles, you were studying college students and how they learn STEM subjects, that is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Tell us exactly what you were looking at in this study. First of all, we were going off the understanding that uh, traditional lecture is really not a way that people learn very well and trying to find some ways that we could get students more active and taking ownership of their learning and participating in it instead of in a passive fashion. And another concern that we had was the fact that we see a lot of disparity in the general population in terms of diversity and what we find among students who are getting degrees in STEM fields and people who participate in STEM fields professionally. So we'd like to see the diversity within STEM fields mirror that of the general public, and we're trying to figure out ways to make that happen. And so one of the primary focuses of this was closing the achievement gap between minority and non-minority students? Yeah, and when we say minority students, we're talking about students from populations that you see underrepresented in STEM fields. And when we were looking at particularly the failure rates or the withdrawal rates from the gateway courses, we see that it is these underrepresented minority students that had much higher rates of course incompletion or failure in the course. And we wanted to see, is there anything that we're doing that might change that? And we found a few things that work. And tell us what did work. Well, the thing that we're working on right now has to do with peer-led team learning. It's an active learning method where you get students who have succeeded in the course before, maybe they're a year or two older than the students who are currently taking the course. They come back and they lead the students who are currently taking the course in very specific directed problem sets that are related to the course material. But the thing is, the leaders that we invite back are not teachers. They're not tutors. They are leaders of these groups, and their job is to lead their group to the solution of these problems that they don't have the answer to. So it's really a social, interactive, team-building enterprise where the leaders are near peers to the students who are in the course, and they are kind of more like the students than the instructors you would normally find in a traditional lecture section. So if you have, say, an underrepresented student who is thinking about what does a scientist look like, they're not generally thinking about themselves. So what we're trying to do is to have leaders in the gateway courses who are much more like the students that we're reaching so that we change the identity piece of what does a scientist look like, and maybe it can look like me. Professor, how significant of an improvement were you able to measure? Well, it's certainly statistically significant, but it's also quite striking. We were seeing as much as a 40% failure or withdrawal rate among our underrepresented minority students who weren't engaging in PLTL, whereas those who did were much, much lower in terms of their failure rate and no different statistically from the non-underrepresented students. And it does seem to be related to the peer-led team learning experience because this is in isolation or controlling for prior achievement. 
Do other universities use peer-led learning, or is this a relatively new idea? Well, it's been around since the 90s, at least, and lots of universities do use it. But the thing is that whatever someone calls peer-led team learning may not be. When we pitched the idea to the National Science Foundation for funding for this project, they wanted to make very sure that we were going to follow the established peer-led team learning workshop model. And we do, and we've had good results doing that. But there are a lot of groups, a lot of universities that have peer instruction of one form or another that doesn't actually meet the criteria of true peer-led team learning. You can't just throw kids into a room undirected and say, talk about science and expect that it's going to go well. It might, but this method that we have is much more prescribed and there's a lot more structure to it. And the students that we have as leaders are trained in group leadership, so we have a good idea that what's going on in these peer-led team learning sessions is more like what should happen. Interesting study. Professor Jason Wiles, Associate Professor of Biology at Syracuse University. Thank you for joining us on InfoTrack. Oh, of course. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. And that's it for this edition of InfoTrack. InfoTrack is a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago. Special thanks this week to InfoTrack reporter Roy Mackey and our executive producer Randy Meyer. I'm Chris Whitting. Inviting you to catch us next time on another edition of InfoTrack.